This appendix of Bonfire Side Chat is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom, a webcomic by Nick Daniel. Check it out if you like High Adventure, Dungeons, Whimsy, Heroes Named Willa Dragonfly, and Good Expressive Art. Once again, that is latchkeykingdom.com. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix, a cursed appendix. <laughs> Not like the cursed <laughs> appendix I had to have taken out um, after my side started hurting. <laughs> oh, that's grim. Um, yeah, that, that didn't actually happen. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this week, we are reading your responses to uh, both The Things Betwixt and also uh, Majula. Yeah, and you guys brought it in force. Oh, um, we God, want to reiterate... You? Um, kind of a, something we outlined uh, before, which is a little bit new for us, but, um, you know, bear with us, mm-hmm. is that, uh, one, you know, the, we kind of edit these for content and, and time a little bit, um, but we want to ask you, you know, briefer is a little bit better, and uh, to limit your responses to the area at hand, um, mm-hmm. since that's kind of the organizational structure we're taking, um, we ask you to join us in that. Yeah. Um, not that, the, you know, these are, are outside of that, and we'll still read things that are, you know, evergreen as mm-hmm. well. Um but uh, just kind of keep those kind of those watchwords in mind as a generality yeah. and responding. Yep. So I'm going to begin uh, with a response from Facebook here. This is from Murph Murphy. Uh, if you want to respond on Facebook, that is uh, facebook.com slash bonfireside chat. Uh, and Murph is a previous contributor to the show. And uh, he was on a, mm-hmm. a delightful bonus level. Um, mm-hmm. about the game uh, on uh, on the Level podcast. But Murph says, I'm not, all, I'm not all the way through, so I might be missing things, but the Betwixt reminds me a lot of Ash Lake and the Great Hollow. It's got a nice primordial feel to it. I'm still wondering what the goblin things uh, at the beginning are. They will aggro you if you hit them, as well they should. Um, I'm glad the crows are back, but uh, and it made me smile to hear them. As a tutorial area, it's a little obtuse. It took me a while to figure out how to light sconces and why. Also, unexplained sex swapping coffin? <laughs> uh, Majula. Yep. <laughs> yep. Majula <laughs> seems like a place unstuck in time and space, but I'm uh, still playing through, so we'll see if things start to make more sense. Yeah, I, I get less of a sense of being unstuck in time and more of a, a sense of being unstuck in place, yeah. given that the geography branching out from here is a little bit goofy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see see that. Yeah, I would like to see what the actual scale, uh, like if, if somebody could do like a square miles of, of Dranglick that you that, that, mm. that you go for, like if it makes sense that you would be covering as much ground as is as is uh, portrayed in the map. Oh, yeah, I, I almost guarantee you're not yeah. like, covering quite that much, you know, that much ground like uh, but the uh, and there's also that kind of comes through the lore. You know, there are a lot of references to different kingdoms yeah. depending on wh- where you're at. So it's all kind of Dring Lake, but I get the idea that that's almost like a continent or a land. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, similar to when we were talking about Bulataria, whether that's a, a you know kind of a continent or if it's a specific kingdom or, or how mm-hmm. that works. Right. Reminds me of that a little bit. Um, yeah, DJ Davis uh, says via Facebook, and it is not just a bland DJ name. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually his first name is Davis. <laughs> or first name is DJ. Yeah. Um, he says. I don't think that these two areas are nearly as good as their previous Souls counterparts. I think the Nexus is more interesting and mysterious, and the Undead Asylum is a better tutorial. But by no means do I completely dislike them. And in a strong way, they do fully represent the themes and atmosphere of Dark Souls 2, which, to be fair, is much different than the other two games. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there, 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 there's a lot yeah. of uh, kind of like not grousing, but uh, complaints about the way that uh, things betwixt was handled um, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest like I'm not the biggest fan of the Undead Asylum mm-hmm. as a place. Like, I like uh, the Nexus an awful lot, and I'm right. a little bit more sympathetic to that as a, a contender for this. But mm-hmm. the Undead Asylum isn't my favorite thing in the world other than the, you know, the asylum demon, which I think is great. But yeah. other than that, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah. So if you, if you couldn't yeah. go back there, the undead asylum would feel almost entirely superfluous. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. Where, whereas this, you know, actually kind of like acting as, uh, as the, as the purgatory that leads you into the hell that is drang like, uh, makes a certain amount of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Vivian says via Facebook, I'll be the voice of dissent about things betwixt and say that I found the introduction and the first area in the game weird and fascinating in a good way. The Macbeth-like prophesying witches immediately made me curious about the new direction this game's story was going to take, and I'm honestly kind of disappointed by how little uh, importance they ended up actually having. Two of them don't even have dialogue after the beginning of the game and greet you with a, huh? Or a fart, dot, 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 instead. Um, and whenever mm-hmm. you see a dot, 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 just read fart. Um, that, <laughs> that little cottage on the edge of reality is an extremely eerie and evocative location. And anybody who didn't experience their first death poking around that cyclops, despite knowing exactly how it would end, is a coward and is no true soulsman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then she, uh, she she continues, oh, I also found the weird animals that scurry around underfoot in the opening areas extremely creepy and, uh, creepy and atmospheric in a good way. The Souls games don't do enough with living creatures that aren't really helpful, but aren't immediately hostile and deadly either. And it was another feature that made me immediately intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, agreed on all, all points of that. Yeah. So I, I died a couple times in that first area first time um, with the cyclops mm-hmm. and then also uh, trying to get that item that's down at the bottom of the waterfall yeah i fell off that uh, waterfall if you so. die before you get to the uh, before you get to the bonfire do you uh just go back to the shrine or yep yeah okay. you just spawn at the uh the pagoda oh so you're dead all along yeah, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. um next up uh, nick Ver- nick burn says via contact uh here are my thoughts on majula Please change the annoying fucking music from. I have spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours at this stage, listening to the Nexus and Firelink themes. They're both perfectly fitting pieces of music that don't grate with extended exposure to them, which is a huge achievement. In fact, the opposite. The four notes of the resonant mid-range chimes in the Nexus are as soft as a cushion on the ears and reverbed up so you don't feel like you're in, or so you feel like you're in this welcoming candlelit church. It has all the comfort of a womb, soft, warm, and soothing. And then you have the strings of Firelink, conveying uh, together sadness and hope with the extended string notes. The genius of them is that they seem to reflect whatever just happened to you. If you just got one shot by a boss, they're downtrodden and hopeless. If you finally got your weapon maxed out and made it home unscathed, then they sound like the the sound of Ryu looking up at Saget with intent. (laughs) A little blood and dirt on his face seconds before he unleashes the dragon punch that permanently scars him. (laughs) There's little sense of rhythm and repetition in these previous hub tunes. The heavy attack and decay on the notes give you a flowing sense of progression that lends itself to long listening times. But in Majula, you can sense the quantized staccato notes sticking out like a bent nail in a piece of wood. And it's linear. It's something that the Souls games have been trying their hardest to avoid in all aspects. My solution, change it to the music that plays when you clear the game, which I think is an extended version of the title screen piece. It has strings. It feels nonlinear. It's perfect. There's plenty of good stuff to say about Majula, too, outside of the music, being fair. It's home. 
It's where you make the toughest decisions in the game, and it contains some of the coolest NPCs. The rolling waves and the setting sun would be warm and comforting. Uh, would be a warm and comforting blanket to go back to and wrap yourself in to recover from the horrors outside. Just please, from change the fucking music. Hmm. Yeah, that 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 is a I I I disagree. I like the music. However, that is an incredibly well thought out um, argument, and I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about it. I think that they, it is a different song. Like, and mm-hmm. I, I first discovered that when I was editing the last episode and finding that you have to kind of take pains to make it loop, whereas the other ones kind of naturally do that with the the swells and the you know the you know short cycle in uh, the Nexus. Yeah. Um, this one is more of a, a linear m- melodic song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with that. I actually like the the melody of it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually like listening to it quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I am sensitive to music. I do music as well. Um, but it didn't, it didn't really bother me yeah. in the moment. Um, I see. I, I don't think you're wrong. It just didn't bother me. I like your thoughts about music, and I want to subscribe to your newsletter. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I like intelligent writing about music. So mm-hmm. thank you, Nick. Uh, Daniel says via contact, and if you want to write in for our contact, that is duckfeed.tv slash contact, pick a, a bonfire side chat from the drop down menu. Here are my initial impressions on Dark Souls 2. It feels a little more difficult from the start. This is probably because I've sunk over 80 hours into Dark Souls 1, so my muscle memory is finely tuned to, nu- to the nuances of those controls. You seem to feel much lighter in DS2. That, in combination with some early enemy mobs, uh, has me dying more often than I would have thought, given that I consider myself a Souls veteran. Another thing is the lush color pattern of the world. Having to warp back to Majula every time I need to level up is a hassle, but at least I get to glimpse that sweet ocean view each time. Yeah, mostly agreed. Um, mm-hmm. It is harder, and it does <laughs> take a little while to get used to. Yeah. I'll read Aaron, uh, who says via contact, after kind of expressing some general praise for the game. I'm not so keen on how chatty the game is, and how little help the exposition provides. Maybe I'm forgetting my first time with the previous games, but I feel like nothing said or shown to me has given my character a real reason for doing what he's doing, aside from being told to collect souls from the Emerald Woman. What do I care about Drenglake? Will collecting the four big souls remove the curse? Would oust the ruler and make me a new king, and why do I care? Is it supposed to be a physical place, or is it a place held in time, specifically for the undead? The more people talk, the less sense they make, and I don't think their exposition is helping me. Yeah, I, 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 a lot of those blanks I got filled in from the opening. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that, you know, and the fact that there are blanks, like, it is a game that's dealing with memory loss. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you are losing some of your motivations the same way your character doesn't have. Yeah. I also think a lot of that stuff is cleared up, um, you know, in the end. I wonder where you're at in the game. Right. Uh, because some of those questions do get answered, if not conclusively, a little bit more satisfyingly. Yep. near the end and you know what i would feel satisfied just kind of like with the you know what's driving me forward what is you know what is this it's established that you have you know this compulsion because you're undead to move forward and like it would be totally fine if that compulsion is just there is somebody who is sitting with a controller driving you the compulsion is like you <laughs> you just want to see more as the player right right yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, there's there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I would be, you know, it, it's missing the prophecy or I mean, it's not missing the prophecy rather yeah. like the prophecy in Dark Souls one is not that stronger than you have to go take out the king. Right. You know, and we as we learn like through the game, like I, I think a lot of people who are talking about that, I, I can't separate you know, Dark Souls 1 before there was the Dark Souls 1 community in history. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go back and, and play that game when it first came out because I played it after it had come out and there was all this thinking. But yeah. it to me, it seems way too early to kind of suggest that there's not more depth there mm-hmm. on some of this stuff without, yeah. you know. So I think that there is going to be an, an answer for that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's obscure. And we kind of have this shared collective, you know, memory from 
spending so much time in Dark Souls One. Yeah, I I, I, I will say that you know it does feel uh, like the Go Ring Two Bells, like Two Bells Four Souls. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go do this because mm-hmm. I have no other option, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and I think that it's easy to forget how arbitrary that felt before we understood mm-hmm. what it was. And in retrospect, those bells still don't make very much fucking sense. <laughs> right. Like, that's still not a very strong narrative reason. Like, it just mm-hmm. wakes up a giant who, you know, like it, it doesn't make that much sense. Mm-hmm. It's a, it accomplishes the same purpose like throwing a pebble at a window could. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, um, it, it builds in it builds in the dog and pony show that is meant to winnow down the the undead that are coming there. So. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But that's that's not the strongest narrative purpose either. I right. guess is my point. Yep. So. so Ian says via contact, regarding your conversation about the feel of Dark Souls 2, I don't think it's a function of the platform. Since last December, I've played the abyss out of Dark Souls and timed my first Demon Souls playthrough perfectly, finishing the game uh, the evening before Dark Souls 2 came out. This was all on the PS3. But uh, DS2 definitely feels different to the previous game to me. I'd say it feels more different to Dark Souls than Demon Souls does, in fact, although it shares a speediness and less sense of weight with the first Souls game. The combat feels more like Demon Souls to me also. I think my recent playthrough of that game is proving very useful to me. Um, maybe the buffer between dark games has helped me adapt. I certainly seem to be fighting uh, in a more demonsy way than in a dark way, uh, if you see what I mean, which is unlikely. The fast travel and often wildly different locales uh, also is reminiscent of Demon Souls, which is nice. After all, uh, if you told me that, uh, before release that it would be a game that uh, combined some of the best elements of both games, I'd have uh, been even more excited to play it. It'll be interesting to see how they approach Demon Souls 2 if rumors are to be believed. I think, sadly, I think those rumors have been quashed. Really? Um, which you... breaks my heart. Um, no, I just, I, I think I, I just read a, a headline about mm-hmm. it. I'll hunt up something for show notes. Yeah. Um, but I think that somebody who was involved said they weren't planning to do it. Um, somebody from Sony. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that way forever. Mm-hmm. They could sell the property. They could sell it to me, <laughs> Unity, you know, Game Maker. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and somebody, like, I've put in lots of, like, I've beat all the Souls games multiple times, um, put in lots of hours. Like, it is that synthesis. Mm-hmm. So um, that is really appealing. Yeah. And, uh, and agree. Um, ben says, via contact, starting up Dark Souls 2, I was reminded of something that doesn't get as much recognition in the series as it deserves, the equipment design. From the earliest moments of Demon Souls, with its Maximilian-inspired fluted plate armor, to the obvious Henry V. Susan Hoffer grotesque helmet that Dom Hall wears in Dark Souls, the artists and designers who work uh, to bring these worlds to life demonstrate a painstaking attention to detail and historical precedent, which sets these games apart from many others. When I saw the Bastard Sword in Dark Souls 2, I recognized it, because I own and train with the actual weapon it's based on. Whoa. <laughs> um, there's a link as well. Um, that's just one example. There are plenty of others. Even though the games feature plenty of fanciful, over-the-top stylized weapons and armor, the Dragonbone Smasher, anyone, uh, I appreciate the basic rank-and-file equipment, which suggests that the fantasy is built on a solid real-world foundation that resonates with its players, whether they are inevitable history and sword geeks like me, or everyday gamers who just like hacking and slashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, the, um, I just got the guide. Um, the future press guide in the mail. And uh, the, the reason why everyone should own that, even if you don't want a guide is because it prints all the item descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, so I spent, you know, spent a couple hours and uh, the last couple of days on the bus, I've just been reading item descriptions <laughs> and looking at pictures of items I haven't found yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a, uh, it's superb. Yeah. So, that would be a, that would be a fun job to come up with those designs. 
Oh yeah. 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 And, and the, um, yeah. So the, the, one of the coolest things I just want to throw this out there is that in the, uh, the guide, there is a, uh, lore index, yep. which is based on topic. So if you want to know every item description <laughs> that talks about a specific person or place, it gives you the page number mm-hmm. that that's what put me over the edge. Like <laughs> yeah. this is a thing I have to own. Well, yeah. Cause it makes our job like a million me. times easier. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I was, I was thinking like if I had like a, a day off work or if I got uh-huh. laid off, I would transcribe those like by thing, like uh-huh. take, you know, write the subject and then just in a word document or paste bin thing, oh, yeah. write down the things it says about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure someone else will do that. Yeah. So no, I like, like I would have a, like it would just be a thumbtacks and index cards all the way down. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be, that would be great. But I, I found myself like referencing it. You know, like, uh, oh, they, you know, I'm playing in my second playthrough of the game. Oh, this person's mentioned. What do I know about this person? Mm-hmm. Dig out the book and, and find it. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but so much of that is visual. You're, you're right. And I think it, it plays a little bit into the um, – we talk about it with the monsters. Um, and the Dark Souls isn't afraid to be a little goofy. And some of the items – you know, some of the weapons are, are real rank and file. Some of them are a little bit silly. But because of the outlandishness, I think mm-hmm. that they're – you know, that – that fits perfectly with what they're doing and is really appealing too. I love that, uh, that the, uh, knight armor. So like the, the, the playthrough that I started for this, uh, for, you know, for the show, uh, as a knight, cause I want to do, uh, mm-hmm. I want to do some fighting and some miracle. And, um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's the falconer armor and it looks like the band of the hawk armor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, which is awesome. Like yeah. just having the, those little references. Yeah. Like saying like, Oh, it's, you know, I- mercenaries. Come on. Yeah. And can I also, just because I don't know where else to put it, how fucking awesome is it that there are so many armors that have capes and how they look <laughs> yeah, in this just... game? Everything has a cape, uh-huh. and it looks great, and they get wet. Yep. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Nobody loves Oily Homer. Everybody loves Oily Homer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. So, so good. Yeah. Matt says via contact, uh, I must have fought and died to that Rhino Man 20 times. When I finally killed it, got a ring, it made no forward progress. I couldn't help but yell, Dark Souls! Then I found the door leading outside of the hut leading to the tutorial. What a start. Oh, Matt. so that's pretty funny because if you go like okay so if you don't see that door or if you think that door is the front door or if you think that doesn't go anywhere and you just go into the rhino loop it is a straight loop and it drops you right back out where you begin yeah you're just stuck on a groundhog day of just infinite rhino tracks so no oh pop um trent says via contact it is interesting that Majula, like the previous hub areas in Souls games, is a microcosm for the overarching tone of the entire game. Almost every player will immediately walk alongside the cliffs, taking in the view in the distance, excited for what the future holds. Simply judging by the beauty of Majula, this world seems to be much more worthy of a savior than Lordran or Boletaria. I haven't quite beaten the game yet, but overall Dark Souls 2 has a very optimistic feel. Your character is drawn to Drang Lake with the need to find a cure for the curse. Many characters you meet in the game are here on similar quests. They all have something a little off with their personality, but they seem to be getting better rather than getting worse. Mm. And every little thing you do to help them eases their mind a little bit more. All this is in stark contrast to the Nexus and Firelink Shrine, both places of mystery filled with misguided characters and broken spirits. Most characters in Dark Souls and Demon Souls are either in mental uh, decline or desperately clinging to the last shreds of humanity they have. Yeah. 
it, it, like the like the degradation seems almost more insidious in this one. Like I can I can see where you're saying, especially if you're early in this. But like it's it, it's almost more sorrowful. Like that instead of just like eventually breaking and losing your purpose and then just immediately going hollow. The fact that you can see it's it's almost like being. This is going to sound insensitive. And I don't, I don't mean to make light of it, but it's like being in an old person's home and seeing people who are kind of like on the way out in various stages of it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of identity death rather than, rather than, you know, uh, actual like physical death, which is, which yeah. is sad in a different way. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, I think that the reason it feels a little bit more optimistic is so you have more to lose. Yeah. Um, in it, like there are a lot of things story wise and gameplay wise I've noticed in this game, um, and one of which I can't kind of can't wait to talk to you talk mm-hmm. about. But where things are set up explicitly in contrast, yeah, um, and that that's one of them. Like the the thing I was thinking of gameplay wise is that there you know there are three um, really easy bosses that you run into, and all three of them are set up as contrast mm-hmm. to something. Like it is it is purposeful that they are easy. It is not an accident, and I feel like that optimistic tone you're getting is set up as a contrast. Right. To ultimately, you know, having the the rug pulled out from under you, yeah. um, you know, it, it's higher heights. You can hit lower lows. Right. There's a and, and the, I'll admit the, the the old folks home thing isn't ex- entirely original. There was a there there was a a, a reader who sent in a a link to an article. I believe it was on Destructoid. Uh, it was like a blog post that was posted on the front page that was uh, comparing like uh, like not not comparing, but it was a grandson who was losing a, like a grandparent to Alzheimer's. And uh, contrasting that with like playing Dark Souls alongside it, and uh, it was more affecting than it sounds like. And so we'll put that in the show notes, Gary. I think you should read it uh, just because you know Souls. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know there are themes there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I, I definitely I don't think you're wrong mm-hmm. um, about it. I just think that it's it's playing a longer con, mm-hmm. kind of. So yeah, but yeah. it's a con we're all happy to take place in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was a fucking A, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Alex says via contact, I like both of the areas. Uh, um, they are beautiful, but uh, but I find the things betwixt is sort of tacked on. In Dark Souls, right when you start the beginning area has a, uh, a boss and multiple en- enemies. Things betwixt has a hippo and some crawly things. All in all, I think Dark Souls 2 would have been just fine without it and started out in front of the old hags. Hmm. I yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that if you don't tie it into the cinematic that immediately precedes it, yeah. I don't think you're wrong. Um, but as as a companion piece to that, like you've been sucked through a vortex and you have to kind of do this, I like it as a continuity piece yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Crash says via Crash says uh, <laughs> via contact. Um, I'm sure every experienced Souls player enjoyed the grand entrance into Majula. It was breathtaking. Such a departure from everything we know, yet I am comfortable with it now, and it feels like home. It kind of reminds me of it in ways. The rock formations by the sea. In Majula, you can see miles away where you have to go, the same way you could in Dark Souls. Uh, You can't see everywhere, mind you. Dreng Lake is a very big place from what I've seen so far. That it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Mike says via contact, I'm not finished with the game yet, so consider all of this tentative. But as it stands, I've really come to love Majula. Betwixt, in between, or things uh, betwixt, 
what <laughs> was nice enough. <laughs> the old crones are interesting from a lore perspective. The new crows actually make sense. And those goddamn ogres, hippos, cyclopses, uh, pepper in some nice challenge for veterans players. Uh, but the element that really resonated with me was how throughout the second part of the tutorial, you could move towards that distant pillar of light. I like uh, when games telegraph to the player uh, where they should go via environmental cues. And I was honestly starstruck as the darkness receded and this twilight tinted ocean cliffside unfolded in front of me. I think the sun is even glaring into the camera, really hammering home what it's like to leave that dark cave. Gorgeous view ahead, indeed. Not just mm. for insert NPC, female NPC here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen as much of that. Yeah. Like there, there's some horn doggery, but the new parser has made it more explicit. Try, try, try stabbing in rear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try stabbing in rear. Try butt thrust. Yeah. Like that is coming up a lot more. Yeah. More often. So, so in a way it's less gentlemanly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I agree with the, uh, the points there, mm -hmm. Mike. Um, Alex says via contact. The first few moments of Dark Souls 2, even before player control is established, set the tone brilliantly. From the best opening scene the series has ever had, speaking directly to the player, with, you'll find yourself in front of Drang Lake's gates without really knowing why, to that first blinding vista you get when you finally get to Majula, it serves to really capture you and suck you into the cursed realm. The best part, for me, was trying to sneak up on the Cyclops only to immediately get swallowed whole <laughs> by the one behind me. This was, of course, mere moments after the tutorial marker warned you uh, to examine your surroundings carefully. <laughs> Just the first loop in a 311 death thrill ride. <laughs> <laughs> I love how those Cyclopses or the Hippo Demons will eat you like Saturn devouring his children. <laughs> yeah, that, that eating animation is wonderful. <laughs> they eat more, you like a burrito. Eat you in this game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you get eaten more in this game. <laughs> Yeah, like a vor yeah. fetish's uh, delight. Yeah. Living in yeah. a vor paradise. Sign me up. <laughs> Get in my belly. Uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> how about that? Austin Powers references in this year of our yeah. Lord 2014. <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, Scott look says. Look at my dick. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the 60s were different, weren't they? Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, baby. Scott says via contact, things <laughs> Stop saying yeah, behave, Scott. Oh, behave. behave. Uh, things betwixt is an interesting new take on the starting area. The tutorial is technically optional, and from software doesn't repeat the process of having a boss kill you at the end, like in the first two games. We got it, guys. Your game's challenging. The presence of the firekeepers leaves me scratching my head. The game makes a huge point of drawing attention to them and never says why they are important. But it is Dark Souls, so I should know that it's my job to figure that out. Yeah. Damn straight. Responsibility is on get you. On it. Yeah. Get on it. Going to hike that trail. Um, you got to cut it yourself, son. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, there, there's, there's like one of the people say that, or uh, what does uh crestfallen Salton say? <laughs> like if the prospect of challenging these, these giant Lords scares you, perhaps you should, you should stay here or perhaps <laughs> you should go home or something like that. Yeah, perhaps you should just die. Like something, yeah. something pretty rough. If thou, um, if thou dost not go big. <laughs> Then thou shalt yeah. erstwhile go home. <laughs> go home. Yes, thou, thou, thou shalt no fear. CrossFit. Um, <laughs> there's a, Sean Elliott had a tweet where he said, CrossFit, uh, for most insurance companies, CrossFit is considered a pre-existing health condition. <laughs> and and that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man, Solaire didn't tap. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says via contact. 
The opening cinematic of Dark Souls 2 is a great introduction to the game on a few different levels. It's introducing you to the concept and story of the game. However, it's also a pretty good metaphor for the game itself as it relates to its predecessor. The opening moments of Dark Souls 1 was an introduction to a world done with narration by a creepy lady. It gave the player a basic introduction to this world's cosmology as it stood. Dark Souls 2 opens with the same creepy lady giving narration about your specific situation. It's a much more personal story. Uh, the curse, as far as we know, has taken you, and it is up to you to deal with your situation. You haven't been sent to an asylum. You haven't even been ostracized, at least that we see. You just left the world of the living, by your own will, or by the dark signs, for Drang Lake. Which is uh, one thing I really do like about Dark Souls 2 overall. Even though it feels bigger, it's, much more, it's a much more personal story than Dark Souls. While notes of the chosen ones saving the world do eventually find their way into song uh, into the into Dark Souls 2, it holds that particular progression of much er, it holds that particular progression for much longer than Dark Souls did, and the payoff is better. I probably still need to play through it again before I come down on one side or the other on the ending. Hmm. So yeah, that's almost exactly what I said. I don't I don't read these before we we get to them, but <laughs> yeah. the uh, the personal story is definitely something that we both picked up on. Yeah, it's, it's something well. that you know in our other shows we we definitely harp on as like a good thing when it stays small. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> And uh, finally, Jay says via contact, I think the facet of the new game that I was so impressed by was that everything they added or changed from Dark Souls still came off as organic in the overall feel of the series. I'm talking about leveling, the change in Estes management, uh, as Estes management statistical adjustments, etc. So many sequels disrupt or break a valuable link in the chain of integrity that sustains the series. I had no gripes whatsoever with the new features or gameplay mechanics that were added here. Great game. Can't wait for my second playthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly agreed. I mean, something I should say: like, there are people on the internet who are a little bit more critical of this game than than we've been. Yeah. Um, and I, you're know, right now. I have super rose tinted glasses. Mm. Like right now, I am deep in deep smit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that that will change, but right now, I'm pretty much. I feel like it's pretty un- unassailable. Yeah. When, um, when we were walking you know. into this, we expressed concern, like, "Hey, what if this sucks?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and and you know we could you know at some point like it'd be I think that text rec- records are kept forever like a fun project if again if one of us gets laid off would be to go through and find our text messages to each other about Dark Souls um, <laughs> yeah. you know during the uh, season one of, of the show that was pretty fun and during this one there was a lot of like you know I think you you sent me a thing Cole it was literally like I, this is exceeding all of my expectations or something mm-hmm. like that and uh, and that's definitely how it feels to me like I'm yeah. I'm just I'm very much in love with it right now and I yeah. haven't been able to uh, to really see too much fault in it. Mm-hmm. So. And, and that, that 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 first impression counts for something, right? You know, if it inspires yeah. that, you know, like the you know the, like the, 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 that is one version of the game that you played. If it doesn't hold up upon later things, yes, that diminishes the work as a whole. However, you know, let me keep that nice thing at the start. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't cease to exist unless I you know go start going hollow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, we have a couple of uh, responses that are uh, not on topic exactly <laughs> under the the subheading just fun in. Um, John says, by contact, I wanted to call attention to two books by Brandon Sanderson that I believe uh, must have directly influenced the creation of the Soul series, Elantrist and Warbreaker. Elantris is a city where all its inhabitants are cursed, just like the Hollows, and by the first chapter, you will feel like this is life in the Undead Burg. In Warbreaker, it is a magic world where people use breath as currency, ooh, um, mm-hmm. and which is essentially your soul, and as breaths are amassed and used for magic... Or as breath is amassed, it is used for magic and all things awesome. The parallels are uncanny, so I'm certain the main creative source of souls must have been a fan of these books. I've not heard anyone mention this, but I'm sure I'm sure you guys can get a hold or get to the bottom of this. 
Yeah. Breath is currency. That is just like one of those combinations of words that like <laughs> it hits my imagination. Like, watch out, game group. If there's going to be a monster that uses breath as currency next time we play. Like, I am going to make that monster. That's good. Mm-hmm. Breath is currency. Yeah, I'm kind of amassing a little like uh, like a like a little notebook of things that people recommend. Like, oh, if you like souls, here's blank that carries this. Um, you know, I will never ever have time to follow through on it, but. Yeah. But well, uh, essentially this and the last couple of comments get us laid off. That, no, don't, don't say that. <laughs> we'll do all these things. Don't say I like my and, job. You know, we'll Gary. transcribe text and you know, <laughs> we'll transcribe text. We'll read these books you want us to read. It's all you have to do. It's, it's all you have to do. Oh, and make sure that you can pay us enough to like, you know, live in our houses and also have insurance. <laughs> Yeah, so. if you can do those things. Or I would also accept insurance performed by you. Like, if if I get sick, I will go to, to you know, to crash and to say, <laughs> listen, buddy, I've got this, this pain in my lower back and one of my eyes is leaking. And he just takes a stab at it and it's free. And in exchange, we do podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> Murph, Murph, Rash, Murph, yeah, yeah. Rash, yeah, Rash, Murph, Murph Rash, Murph. Rash. <laughs> Like, Murph, I got it down there. But yes, thank you. Once again, that is Elantris and uh, Warbreaker, which we should mm-hmm. read if we ever get uh, a moment to breathe in our entire goddamn lives. <laughs> yeah, see, and they'll be in the show notes in case you get a moment in your, in your entire goddamn life. There we go. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Uh, is it me or you? <laughs> Oh, wait, it's uh, you. It is you. Hmm? Uh, no, I, I just I just read. Oh, that okay, one. cool. Sorry, we yeah. we did that goof That's and okay. I lost my place. Billy Nitro says via contact. Yeah, who did the backup guitarist for X? <laughs> like that sounds awesome. It's pretty. Good. Billy Nitro. I hope that is your real name, buddy. That's fantastic. <laughs> I included it so, but if you're new, uh, a appendices don't usually go on this long. B, if you write in via contact, I won't include your last name. I'm pretty sure this is uh, this is uh, a self ascribed appellation. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, Mm -hmm. it is currently the hallowed day of March 11th, 2014, and the fourth season of Bonfireside Chat is about to begin. Uh, This is time shifted, of course. For Dark Souls, you guys had a year plus of ideas and lore speculation to draw from. With strong resources such as Vidya, Epic Name Bro, and the Something Awful forums, will there perhaps be a retrospective season after the discussion about the layered meanings and speculation after you've had a chance to digest Dark Souls 2? Hmm. Probably, like- there won't be a season <laughs> right. of it. Like there, there might be. I think that like in the wrap up, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, we'll probably hit on a lot of that stuff. And if we end up doing something after this, like we haven't talked about it and we don't want to, like it's a year away. Yeah. But if we do continue this, like if let's say we wanted to explore another influence or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we our opinions will change as you know the discussion changes. Yeah. And uh, and we'll we'll evolve with that. I'd like to think that as new information comes to life, you know, comes to light, we can, you know, s- sprinkle that throughout. But uh, taking mm-hmm. taking a moment to reflect, whether it's ending the season or ending a series or you know whatever whatever the next uh, the, the next turn may bring, um, you know, like taking a moment to reflect on all of this as a whole is something that I would be very interested in doing. Um, oh yeah, I mean, we yeah. do we could do an episode about it. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we would definitely want to do a season about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but we could we could definitely do a wrap up of, of just kind of examining well, the core themes and and, uh, you know, 
similarity as Rory's, yeah. buddy. Um, you know, just kind of the, the yeah. uh, threads yeah. um, that well, go throughout. Well, no, I wasn't saying do an episode. It was just like a moment to reflect. So we're just like, oh, yeah. soul's good? Yeah, yeah, soul's good. No, I mean, we could almost do like a whole thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we've we've experienced this whole series in a way that, you know, not a whole – I mean, some people have, but not mm-hmm. a whole lot of people have. Right. Um, you know, what, what have we learned from it? Like, that could almost be a kind of a special. Yeah. I am anticipating, you know, with those special episodes, doing some bonfire kindling because I like yeah. doing the show. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to uh, to getting to the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. But like everything, we you know, I say that that's contingent on us being alive. Then, so the um, whenever we talk about the future, we'll <laughs> see. Um, all future dates are tentative. Uh, Tana sa- Tanner says via contact. Um, Throughout playing Dark Souls 2, I felt a strong connection between it and Majora's Mask. This marks twice now that I've compared a Souls game to Majora's Mask, but this game is completely rife with similarities, whereas Demon Souls' uh, Storm King battle was only slightly reminiscent. I found many parallels throughout the game that I will not get into here, but things betwixt and Majula, to a lesser extent, are the areas that put the, uh, first put the notion in my head. Things betwixt. The player character starts out in a forest, succumbing to some sort of injury or weariness. Link started his adventure in a forest assaulted by a Skull Kid and eventually succumbed to his trap. Both the player character and Link are transported to another realm through a mysterious portal that they both descend. In both games, you are quickly met with an NPC that explains your situation in an elucidating yet ambiguous manner. The giant, rad, glowing rift in the sky shining down on me like a grinning lunar pal of yesteryear. Hmm. Sure, this might be a bit of a stretch, but these seemingly small details added up very quickly in my brain as something all uh, too familiar. And I feel like it colored the rest of my Dark Souls 2 experience in a positive light. Yeah. Well, you know, I may just be saying this as a fan of Majora's Mask, but like any of these far-flung, like, hey, compare this kind of things, I don't know. I'd welcome it at least to read it. I don't know if they're going to get on the show every time, but um, I yeah, can I mean, I mean, I can I'm interested. This. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, there's a – what is it? Um, Super Bunny Hop, George uh, Wiederman did a video on Dark Souls 1 and compared it a lot to uh, to Majora's Mask. And mm-hmm. it feels different to me, um, but it's also been a long time since I played Majora's Mask. Yeah. And I never beat it. Like, I, I you know, I had the classic narrative of getting turned off by time limits and stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. need to revisit it now that I'm a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe I'll see those connections. But yeah. it's just, it's so hard for me to, to think of something, you know, where, where Navi is extant being a Souls <laughs> thing. You know, like that is yeah. such a symbol of, of Nintendo awful, like the awful part of Nintendo to me mm-hmm. that comes with those 3D Zeldas. And it's so the antithesis of, of a soul philosophy. To be fair. But they, I guess there could be other. <laughs> to be fair, they, 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 even Navi fails to explain what's happening in Majora's Mask enough to lend that air of mystery to it. So. Yeah. 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 But she doesn't die. Um, <laughs> she doesn't go hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Gets yeah, bat wings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just need I de- I just need bad things to happen to that character. Um, I just need it. Anywho, um, yeah. So thank you very much, everybody, for writing in. Um, you know, I don't think in the future comment sections will be quite this long. But uh, if you do have things to say about uh, the Forest of Fallen Giants, you can reach us at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if you want to participate in kind of ongoing conversations, which may or may not uh, uh, have things alluded to in the episodes, um, you can go to uh, or sorry, Facebook.com slash Bonfireside Chat and participate in the conversation there. Yeah, which I recommend. It's happening. It's um, – um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's super happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to duckfeed.tv and check out our other shows on the network. This has been a long yeah. episode, so we <laughs> won't do the uh, the full rigmarole. But um, all of the other shows are uh, well worth your time, we think. And uh, if you just can't get enough of us, that is mm-hmm. the place to go. Yeah. 
And so. if you want to uh, support the show monetarily, the best way to do that without inconveniencing yourself is to uh, go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and uh, buying stuff on Amazon that you would buy anyway, and we get a little cut. And that uh, goes a very long way towards helping cover the costs of running this network. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yeah, just do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, rate us, review us on iTunes. Uh, be Be friendly. Um, try holding in both hands and what else <laughs> and seek misery lest this land swallow you whole mm-hmm. and we all pray that we will have far more soon 